You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Thank you all for joining us for another QB Power Hour. Today's topic is QuickBooks Online Advanced. We have some amazing industry experts joining us today. We're going to be discussing managing tools um, to help with business complexity. Um, things are really crazy right now, so we're going to talk about some things specifically for a few different industries today. Um, and so we're very glad to have you joining us. Um, Dan, you want to go next? Yep. My name is Michelle Long. I'm a CPA, MBA in entrepreneurship, the owner of Long for Success, trainer for Intuit, a contract trainer for Intuit since 2007. So uh, very thrilled to be still working with Intuit, even though we're all doing all of our training virtually now. Author of a few different books. Check them out on Amazon. Love to have you join us on the Facebook group uh, for QB Power Hour. Uh, Dan, aren't we over 9,000 members now? Yep. Yeah, just updated that last night. Yes, yeah, so the 9100. Wonderful group out there as well as LinkedIn. Join us out there. Dan, your turn. Hey, everybody. My name is Dan DeLong, owner of Dan Witt, uh, formerly of Intuit. I worked there for about 11, uh, sorry, 18 years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> faux pas. Um, and uh, technically edited uh, QBO for Dummies, so fifth edition. And my new project is working with uh, School of Bookkeeping as its new uh, partner and chief content creator. Um, now, our panelists today, we want we want to give a little uh, our roundtable or fireside chat since I'm actually sitting next to the <laughs> fire. Um, <laughs> so first, we have Megan. Um, Megan, is it Genest or or Genest Tarno? Janae. 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 Oh my gosh! <laughs> totally. I should probably drop that middle part, but you know. All right. Uh, so she's going to be joining us and and speaking to us about the um, the nonprofit industry. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your and your firm and and where you came from and all of that. So I have I run I'm the founder and principal of the Mobius Group, which is a QuickBooks online second track consulting practice, working exclusively with nonprofits since 2000. So a really long time. Um, and I also am the founder of a QuickBooks for Nonprofits Facebook group, which is nowhere near as big as Quibi Power Hour, but we are creeping up on 3,000 members after just a little over two years. So Wonderful. I'm super excited about that group. Awesome people. That's fantastic. And then we also have joining us Linda Artisani uh, from sunny Florida. Uh, so she, she deals a lot with, um, with, with the legal industry. So, uh, we're actually going to be having Linda back on to talk about niche nuances uh, next next QB Power Hour. So if you have a lot of uh, questions about the legal industry, save yourself for the next time. <laughs> but Linda, you want to want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm? Yeah, I'm in sunny Florida, where it's about 106 with the heat index today. <laughs> so I'm in the air conditioning. Um, yeah, I've been working for 21 years now in my business was a generalist for most of that time. Uh, mentioned earlier, I'm a big fan girl of Michelle because I've been following her for <laughs> a long time and learned so much from you, Michelle. But uh, also, um, I'm on the Trainer Writer Network. I am an alumni member of the Intuit uh, Advisory Board, the Council, Accountants Council, which was like one of the best things in my career. 
Um, also, I founded a Facebook group with my partner, Matthew Fulton, and it's QB Community Live. And we're not as old as Megan's group. We certainly don't have 9,000, but we have a really great group of people. And it's a mixture of accountants, bookkeepers, and small business owners. And um, we believe together you all, we all succeed. So, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. And yeah, Linda, I remember hanging out in the QuickBooks community with you years ago, answering the same questions over and over. Uh -oh. And that's when I first started doing videos because yeah. I realized I was answering the same one so much. So it's very good to have you joining us. We also have MB Ramondi, uh, trainer that I've been training with, gosh, MB since day one, and I've just been thrilled to work with you all these years. I'm very glad to have you joining us today to share your knowledge about the real estate industry. So MB, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I am MB Raymondi, and I am in sunny Tennessee right now. And it's pretty humid. I mean, after spending three weeks in Arizona where there was no humidity to come back to 90% humidity, I'm like going through shock. But anyway, um, I do mostly project work right now. I do move people into the QuickBooks ecosystem. So find the, the right fit for them and apps if we need to add apps and train them. And then as Michelle said, we've worked together as contractors for Intuit, I started in like 2002 or 2003, and that's always fun. And I'm sorry that we're not seeing people alive this year, but um, it's fun to do this kind of stuff too. Yes. Yeah, and you're actually the reigning Pro Advisor of the Year, right? I am. Now that Scaling New Heights got uh, <laughs> put down a couple of months, I can hold my my title for a little right, bit longer. Right. There you, <laughs> you gotta, go. You got, a, you got an extension. <laughs> so um, a little bit about the upcoming QB Power Hour webinars. Uh, as I mentioned, today's our panel discussion with our with our industry leaders. Uh, next one is, is Linda will come back and talk about uh, niche nuances with legal. And we're actually going to do something a little bit differently this time. Uh, we're actually going to have a legal professional uh, on on with us as well. So That'll be interesting to get their perspective as well as um, Linda's perspective from the from the accounting side of things. Um, and then we're going to have our, our final in our series of the, the QBO advanced roadmap. Like, where is it going? Uh, so that's a great part to be. Dis uh, if you want to be part of that discussion, come join us uh, in, in August. Um, and of course, we have the link there for the PDF of the slides. All of 2020 is in one place. So. If you missed one, you can go in and, and grab a grab a handout from before because accountants love to print out PDFs. I think yeah. <laughs> love to have markups on PDFs. <laughs> um, but our recordings are all on uh, uh, Michelle's YouTube channel and a uh, link there for the podcast. So if you need to listen to us on the go, you know we're not going too too many places these days, but um, we do have the podcast as well and. Um, Oh, I wanted to mention about the, the Q&A versus the chat. Uh, so we're, we're going to have a lot of questions. Uh, I imagine as we as we go through our hour here today, uh, please focus your questions to the Q&A section. Um, we're, we're not going to try to manage the, the chat too much. I see a lot of chat going on in there. Um, it's hard to do both. Uh, we do have some folks from Intuit helping us out with, with questions. So if you do have questions about uh, will it do this sort of thing? Or, or if we're talking about a, a specific niche um, and, and uh, Linda or Megan or MB are talking about something and you have a, a question that you feel would be uh, helpful, just put it in the Q&A and then we'll be able to respond to that and then everybody else will see the, 
the, the, the responses as well. The uh, challenge with the chat is it just ends up being a, a long scroll <laughs> scroll session. Uh, so please focus your questions in the Q&A. All right. So, Michelle, okay. here. So as we said, we're going to have industry experts talking about managing today's business complexity. So, Dan, go ahead and go to the next one. Um, and one of the things that we need to realize is how things have been changing. Um, the, the whole opportunity and the whole landscape out there for us as accounting professionals is changing right now. Go ahead and go next, Dan. What we're seeing, and, and I know you all are seeing it as well, is with everything that's going on in the world today, a lot of these small and mid-market businesses, they, they are discovering very quickly the way they've been doing things isn't working anymore. And what we found, you know, a lot of times businesses, you know, they're so busy running their business day after day. They're like, oh, I know I need to move to the cloud. I need to do this someday. And I know I need to change from desktop to online, and I'll do that someday. I need to start selling online. I'll do that someday. Well, someday just came all at once on all of these fronts. And so all of these small businesses are faced with learning to do business in the cloud. And MB, I know you'll remember with me, Freedom in the Cloud series training seminars that we did probably seven to 10 years ago, trying to teach accountants how to move to the cloud. So a lot of us are in a perfect position right now because we've already been working virtually and working in the cloud. And now our clients in these small businesses can use our help to start doing that. Plus they need to use their business, you know, running it online. They're learning or they're trying to, you know, how to sell online, how to use shopping carts. And now you have to have a shipping app. And now I need to accept payments online. And so what's happening is a lot of these clients are suddenly getting, you know, thrust into moving to selling and working online and they need our help more than ever. And what you'll find is some of them, you know, they got this shopping cart app and maybe they have this shipping app and none of it's talking to QuickBooks. And that's where we can really help them to streamline this workflow, to make it easier for them and help them learn how to make this transition because Intuit has helped us. You know, a lot of times accountants don't like change and we kick and scream and we don't want to do it, but look at how well Intuit helped us to be positioned to take advantage of this opportunity right now. And as always, cash is always king. And so, you know, MB, you know, you, you've been training with me a long time. You know, what are your thoughts and what are your, you seeing in the small business and mid-market community and what are you seeing going on right now? Well, number one, I think we're, as you said, because Intuit has put us in a, a good position that for us, we're like way ahead of the game, right? And we already have that experience of, you know, doing online meetings and accepting QuickBooks payments and working with apps that, that talk to QuickBooks and that. So we can pull on our knowledge then to help our businesses be able to adapt to the cloud. And I, over the last, you know, like six months or even three months, there have been so many calls of people that need that kind of help. I mean, I want to go to QuickBooks Online because I'm not going into the office and I, and I need to do this. So, so which one should I do? So it's a great opportunity for us. And uh, as you said, to help our businesses uh, um, adapt and and as you said, they need it. So we're here yep. and we're ready. Yep, yep. And Megan, in the nonprofit community, how is all these changes and, and additional complexities, you know, what are you seeing in the nonprofit industry? You know, I feel like I am seeing the same things that we're seeing in the small business world, right? With the added 
um, issue that nonprofits are always so concerned about what they're spending on overhead and overhead is anything to do with the actual administration of the organization. So they tend to still be running so often, you know, antiquated systems that are based on the desktop and are super paper heavy. And it's really exciting that all of a sudden, you know, all the work that I've been doing and that Intuit has helped us be ready for, suddenly they're like, you know, I feel like I've been beating that drum for years of why are we going into the office? Why are we still cutting paper checks? Why are we, why is your, you know, is your general ledger accounting software on the oldest computer in the office sitting in a corner somewhere when right. it can be used by the whole organization? And all of a sudden, people are getting it. Yep. Right? Because we, we tend to change, you know, it's like, what is that saying? We, we do the right thing when we've exhausted all other possibilities. <laughs> and so yep. suddenly, the need is there. And people are really excited, I hope, about the possibility of finally moving to the cloud, to moving to more paperless systems. But it, there, it's, there's a lot of opportunity, but there's also a lot of challenge because we, I think people, when they first move into a virtual environment, there's really a impulse to replicate paper systems in the cloud. Right, yeah. Instead of asking ourselves, what was that initial paper system meant to achieve? And how can we do that in the most simple, straightforward way using the tools that are available to us now? Right, right. And that's a great point, Megan. Yeah, mind change and stuff. It's a great opportunity to rethink our processes and how we should be doing things and how we could be automating these mm -hmm. processes. And I call it kind of appifying the processes, you know, and, and not doing things the same way. And Linda, are you seeing that with attorneys as well? And, you know, are they now delivering their services virtually like so many people? And, you know, what are you seeing in, in the legal industry? I'm finding with, with working with the law firms, we talk about paper-centric. I can't get over When we start to stack the apps, they had no clue about attaching documents to transactions because they're coming from this antiquated law firm software. And then you show them that they can do that. They're amazed. And then sometimes I'll add lean law to it. And then they work with lean law and QuickBooks. And then they're doing their pre-bills and I found them printing them. And I'm like, why are you printing them? You can go in and approve them right in the software. You save a tree. So we've saved a lot of trees with what I've been working with these people and working with the law firms and working with the partners and the whole staff to get them to understand the processes. It's just a, just a shift in mindset for them mostly. It's, not, it's just that they came from this one way that worked. And then you've got the newer partner coming in that's like, I, I can't look something up on my phone. I have to call the office to find out the balance on an account. And I can get that off of QuickBooks by just looking on my phone to get the answer. And it's just, they, some of them don't even realize that that's available. And you're able to come in like the hero and say, hey, this is what you can do. And they're, they're really excited to learn it. And they're, and they're happy that they can see this new process. And you, you have to work slowly with them. But right. eventually they're like, they're thrilled because it saves the time and the time is yep. the most important piece. And I'll tell you, Linda, talking about being a hero, I think that's where QBO Advanced really helps us take it above and beyond just the basics and really be a hero. And I know you're going to talk to us a little bit about custom fields coming up. So, Dan, do you want to go ahead and launch into our first poll question that we have? 
Yes, I will. So are you using uh, custom fields in advanced? Um, you know, the, the, that was one of the the big launching points when, when it came out. And, uh, you know, some people have really gravitated towards how that can now be used. And, and uh, you know, it's going to be a, a hot topic today uh, when we go through each of each of these uh, industries um, of how that how that's being used. Um, we did have you know, one of the one of the um, one of the uh, the industries is not represented is the general contractors. Um, we did have a niche nuance with uh, with Tanya Schulte about contracting, and she is completely uh, using QuickBooks Online in that space. Um, so you know, right out of the box, you know, maybe it's not the best thing, but you you find other apps, and and I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about the different tech stack that that Linda mentioned, uh, but. There, it is possible to have that be the centralized point, have a QuickBooks Online, and then, uh, you know, attorneys are going to live in lien law or uh, contractors would live in NOFI. That's that's what she would she would be recommending. So, um, And I think, uh, Dan, that's what's so beautiful about QuickBooks and the way that, that Intuit built QBO with the open platform where you can have all these in industry-specific apps developed to add on to integrate with QuickBooks. I mean, so many times we would see a small business, they may have industry specialized software, but it didn't talk to QuickBooks. And now we can get that integration, which just is amazing. And so it is a it is a great time for us to be able to help these clients to do this. And uh, Don posted in the chat, he said, I need help to change my mind. And Don, I'll just tell you myself, and I know MB and probably Linda, a lot of us, are long-time desktop users. I first started teaching desktop in 1999, so I was using it mid-90s, and I think a lot of us are in that same boat. I've written books on desktop, taught it, loved desktop, worked in it, you know, like crazy, and now I, n I never use it unless I'm doing a conversion. Because once I learned about QBO and I started using it and I started learning the keyboard shortcuts and the navigating tips and all that, going back to desktop just seemed clunky and dated. And that goes along with the whole workflow processes. So I think the key to changing your mind is learning more. So I think it's great that you're here today. And these three are going to share some great tips on what we can do that will help hopefully be eye-opening for you. So a lot of people not using uh, the, the custom fields. Uh, so maybe that will be part of the changing the mindset as we go through um, these, these uh, various things. So, um, so yeah, so managing the complexity with, with niche accounting. So uh, Michelle, you want to segue us into, into our panel? Yeah, well, so we've talked a lot over the years about, you know, the riches are in the niches. Um, and we've mentioned that, you know, I think I've done webinar or seminars or breakout sessions on it at QB Connect or at Scaling New Heights or whatever. Uh, but when you get into niche accounting, and that's what we're going to be talking about today with the three different industries. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide, Dan. Um, there's a lot of really, really great benefits to getting into niche accounting. Like Linda had mentioned working with Lean Law. There's also Clio and things like that. So a lot of accountants are now pivoting and adapting and focusing on an industry or a niche. And so when you do that, it allows you to learn the unique features of that industry, the apps for that industry, the, the lingo and the terminology, how to use and implement these custom fields like you're going to learn today. So this specialization has its perks. You don't have to know everything. 
you don't have to know all of these different industries by focusing on just one or two it helps you to become an expert command higher fees it also then helps you to kind of streamline you know which app stack are you going to use? Which app stacks are best in that industry and things like that? So these three are going to be talking more in depth about the advanced tools under QBO Advance that help within the industry, such as the custom tools and other things. Um, you're going to learn about three different industries here with the nonprofit, real estate, as well as um, legal, but also like Dan mentioned, construction and different things like that. So any industry that you have an interest in or a lot of clients in, um, any of these industries can be a good one to pursue. Um, and there's just so many benefits to doing this. And we're gonna get more in depth on this a little later. So I don't wanna take too much time because these three have amazing information to share. Um, so let's go ahead, Dan, and um, move on and let them go with Linda, starting off with legal. I'm the first one and I got lucky because I get, <laughs> get to say everything about custom fields that um, we were laughing before saying that I won rock, paper, scissors that I get to speak about custom fields first because we all use it in our, in our workflow with QuickBooks Online Advanced. Um, just a few of the terms you need to know, advanced client costs. These are the things you want to learn as you start to develop. If you're going to be working towards a niche, you want to learn the lingo, right? You want to know the words. You want to know the terminology that the attorneys use so you can speak to your client on that respect. Um, I thought I would be bored being in a niche business. I thought I was going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to just get so bored and the opposite happened. So if you're fearful that you're going to be doing the same thing over and over again, and it's really going to be boring. It actually brings you and elevates you to a higher place where you're able to study the industry. I listen to legal podcasts. I, I absorb it all. And what's cool about it is you get to work with the client in a more advisory level, which is how you get to charge more money and make more money doing what you do. So you're able to build a team around it. You're able to, like Michelle was mentioning, you don't have to look, you don't have to learn every app. When I was a generalist, I had to learn every app. I had to know Noify was good for construction. I had to know all these different apps. Now I just studied and picked my perfect workflow and I stick to my workflow. Somebody comes in, I try to stick to it. I tell them, this is what I use. These are the tools I use. And, and, and really in the long run, the, the attorneys don't care what I use as long as it works for them on their side of it. They don't care as long as I get the work done. And that's basically the most important part. And then I'm able to, what I'm finding working with the attorneys is I'm able to start to talk to them about, they don't even really look at their records to dive into their numbers. And that's the fun part of the job. When I go to the next one, Dan, we'll get into all the cool settings in lean law. I mean, in QuickBooks. So in, in this, this particular one was a key with my, one of my clients. I had a client using plus. She didn't have trust accounting. She could totally stay in plus. They actually masked some of the names on their chart of accounts and put them in cost of goods sold, changed the naming on it because they didn't want the whole staff to know where the attorney's salaries were. So when we started digging into the records, I'm like, well, what is this account? And realizing when we got into it, you could see what it was. And with QuickBooks Online Advanced, user roles have been so important. We moved them up to QuickBooks Online Advanced. We put the people that she had, it was a huge firm, and we put the uh, employees in different levels. So there's some people who just receive the payments on the accounts, like the receptionists in the law firms, 
they had a very restricted role. So we had, there's a payment man, uh, a payment associate role that you can pick for, uh, that's in QuickBooks Online Advanced and it's not in the other versions. So we were able to do that. There's a restricted payments one. We use that one for those receptionists. So there's different roles for just different aspects of the program. And they, if, you know, I found a really cool page and if I can find it and I can share it where you can see the view of what the person can see. So when you're talking to the client, you're saying, you know, we start to go through what roles they need. It, I'm able to show them what they can see. So they know what they can see on QuickBooks. If they're a partner, they can see the whole thing. And now I show the screen. This is what, you know, Joe at the front desk can see as opposed to what you're able to see. So there, there's a security knowing that they can't get into the banking. They can't get into parts of the program they don't want them to see. So this worked beautifully for my clients. It's a very strong feature. When I start to work with the clients I work with, which are more mid-market law firms, the bigger firms with multiple partners and, and, and a pretty good staff. Want to go to the next one, Dan? This is another feature. When I talk about the features in, in, uh, that are really powerful, this is probably one of them. So a lot of the partners have access to the entire program and they're able to go in and we're able to specifically pick and target different revenue streams and different parts of what they need to track. And there's little dashboards. So they love, uh, most of the attorneys don't really want to get into the accounting. They don't want to see a report with a lot of numbers, but they love this because they're able to, I'm able to customize it, select if they want to test, like look uh, at their practice area, see which practice area is making more money, um, which attorney is making more money. That's the other piece. So I'm able to select key points of the data and work through it to be able to show them on a one quick screen on their report section, the business performance center, where they're at. So they don't have to call me for it. They can just look at the screen and I'm, I can customize it to what they need to look and search for, which leads into the next screen, Dan, which is the custom fields. So I one rock, paper, scissors here. So this one, this one's important because when I work with a lot of the firms, I take them, we get, we get the client, I would have business partners, Sarah, we get a client and they're in Juris, so they're in PC law. And these products are very, um, they're law specific, they're desktop, they are weak accounting platforms. So they're, the attorneys aren't really used to seeing data and extracting data and really getting granular with the data. When we bring them into QuickBooks, a lot of times we're working in a firm where there's a partner that's maybe a senior partner and then maybe the son or daughter is coming into the firm and they're the ones starting the conversation of moving to the cloud, getting rid of the server. Um, we just start with QuickBooks Online Advanced when we start the discussion because I need all these features to be able to customize it. I'm able to take some of these custom fields, like if they were tracking in Juris, a matter number. There's no matter number. Workbooks is a program for everybody, but I'm able to create these data points that are so important for them that they had been using all along in their old platform. And I'm make, making the new QuickBooks file do the things and track the data points that are essential for them to track that I'm not able to do in the other, other uh, platforms. You only have three points that you can track for customer viewing in QuickBooks Plus. I don't have ones like the ones I have in QuickBooks Online Advanced where I'm able to do a date field. I'm able to do a drop-down list. So it saves in errors. I can pick the, you know, I can use the initials. So if I'm tracking things by attorney, I can use the initials and I'm not having somebody throw a middle initial and create a new one if they're just using a text box, which I have in the plus version. 
I have an advanced, I select a drop-down list. So if anybody else, when we work with these firms, a lot of times that they're bigger, I'll have admin staff that's doing some of this work. There's no errors. They know which one to go to because it's a set amount in the field. So they can pick which one in the drop-down list. That saves me a ton of time in cleanup because it's keeping the books really accurate. And that's one of the most important features about why I pick advanced over any of the other products. And then we'll go back into the custom fields here where we have 48 of them to choose from. So there's 48. I'm able to check and pick so many different ones that um, besides matter number, we were able to pick case number. We we're able to pick practice area. We we're able to pick originating attorney. All these little terms that are specific to law firms, I'm able to track those data points through the product. And it's you can do them, there's also fields for vendors. So you can really start to get into, if you this really just use your imagination to really start to, to really fine tune what you wanna track for the attorneys and the sky's the limit here. Yeah, I mean, just coming, when it, when it was first launched, it was, it was 10 and looking right. at what it is now, it's, you know, 48. Um, so, you know, once the door is open, um, you know, and a feature comes out, it, it really just lays the groundwork for just getting things better and better. So, you know, I, I, I remember my original training at Intuit, you know, the, the trainer was like, if you don't like the way things are here, wait a week and, and it will change, <laughs> you know, and then, um, you know, this, if you don't like a feature, just wait. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you're talking about being the hero, when they come to you and they say, I need to track this, it's not in QuickBooks. And you're able to say, wait a minute. And you make the feel for them. Like you look like you're like a rock star accountant, right? Cause it's there all of a sudden I can put it in there and I can have it in there available for them to add to the, when they're putting the data in. So it's just, it's just, it's great. It's so versatile. That's the whole big thing about QuickBooks online advanced. That is amazing. And Linda, um, Cameron would like to know, she says, um, I want to use probate fiduciary trust accounting with QBO. Any recommendations would be appreciated. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love lean law and that piece is like putting the business attorney's business suit on top of QuickBooks. So it gives me the ability to track a whole bunch of other things in detail. Trust accounting is hard and trying to do it just with QuickBooks alone. It's doable, but it's a ton of steps. And we're always talking about saving time. And the point of these apps, like a receipt bank, where we're pulling everything in and pushing it and adding things, it's just those things save you time and it makes the work more accurate. And that's really it. saving time and making the data more accurate is the way to go. So I, I would highly recommend if they want to reach out afterwards, I can certainly you know talk to them and show them a little bit about it and, and they can see how easy it is. And I have a lot of stuff on my blog because I just really, the program, I've tried a whole bunch of programs with all the migrations I've done none of them come close to it. So, Well, and Linda, I can't wait to hear more from you on the next QB Power yeah. Hour. Two weeks from today, folks, you'll want to join us for one on legal. Um, Dan, do you want to go ahead and go on? I think we got our poll question. Yeah, there we our go. Our next poll question, and I've got too many things up on my screen. We'll go here. And we just had a 
great question come in while Dan's launching that poll. Kathy has a question. She says, I only have a few clients on QBO Advanced. In your opinion, do you think it's worth the money to move all of my larger clients to Advanced? I need a really good dashboard clients can access. And I love that question, Kathy Reed, but stay tuned. We're going to hear from MB and Megan, and then we're going to talk about this um, towards the end of the webinar today because that is a question we get a lot is what about the cost? Um, and so we will address your question live towards the end of the webinar. So you have to stay tuned. A little cliffhanger there. We'll give you our thoughts on that coming up. So yeah, our, um, so our question here is, do you focus on niche accounting? Uh, yes, no, I'm still deciding. Maybe I'm, I, I, I know I need to, or no, I just prefer to be a general practitioner, or maybe it just doesn't apply to you at all. And you know, Dan, when I first started my practice 20-some years ago, <laughs> I hate to say how long, it makes me feel really old, I was a generalist, and I did take any client that came my way, because I was new in my business, and I just needed any client I could. But as my practice grew, and as I grew and learned more, I also learned areas that I liked and areas I didn't like. You know, I quit doing payroll, because back then, it wasn't like it is now. It was hard to take a vacation even, you know, because people had weekly payroll and stuff. And, you know, and so I learned I also wasn't a big fan of inventory and stuff. So I started specializing over the years, going towards industries that I liked and I preferred to work with. And it made things a lot easier then also to network with my peers and exchange referrals to where I could be like, you know, well, I don't know about nonprofits, but Megan can help you out with that. And, you know, she could say, well, I don't work with this, but Michelle can help you out with that. So it really helped in a number of ways um, by focusing on a specific area. Best of all, it made it easier for me to only keep up with a few certain industries instead of trying to, to know it all because things just got too complex to know it all. So that's my two cents. There you go. All right. So sharing the results here. Uh, yes is the majority answer. Uh, but it's it's pretty well split between uh, yes and I mean if you add up the nos the nos are <laughs> but some people are still deciding and some people prefer to be like like uh, like Michelle mentioned a generalist and maybe they'll realize uh, as they become too general maybe I need to be a niche uh, so that that is um, uh, those are those are results here I'll stop sharing and we'll move on to MBE <laughs> talking about real estate. Okay, I got close. Somehow my poll is still open on here. So when you're talking about real estate, I mean, as it says on here, that's like a really broad niche. So different aspects of real estate are going to result in different processes. So I don't know that I would say I specialize in real estate. I think I would go down and and try and be and be a little bit more specific as to what kind of real estate people or businesses do I want to work with? I mean, there's real estate agents. Now, those are usually sole props or maybe they're employees and, and that's pretty simple, right? But how about the, and I don't even have it on the side here, how about the agency itself? There's so much to track if you're a real estate agency as far as expenses that are going to be split and um, when you're doing commissions out to your agents, you know, subtracting out the expenses that are going to be split. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to that. Then you have like a flipper. So who's that? That's somebody who is in the business to buy, uh, fix up, and sell. 
another kind of real estate um, are the de developers, and they're they're building on spec, and then they're selling them off, or maybe you know they're developing typically neighborhoods, and what do they need to track for that? So I have a friend who works for her brother; she's using QuickBooks, and he is a developer, and it's a real challenge for her to get all of the information that she needs to track for each of these houses in the development. And we've been working on how, how can we do that um, in QuickBooks to get it to work for her. Um, you could be an owner of rental properties. And then I think one of the more complicated ones is the property managers. So you have to have special reports. You're dealing with typically with multiple owners and certainly multiple tenants on there. Um, things that we can do to help them are get the help them um, figure out what their rent amount should be, what they what processes should they be using for collecting security deposits and rents and working with their tenants and maintenance contracts that they may have with you know landscape or snow blowing and to me, that's one area that is really well suited to QBO Advance. I mean, any, maybe not the agent on, um, as we're looking at this slide, but the rest of these can really fit in. And the property manager is probably the most complex of all of them because of the reporting and because of your manage, you're managing, working with multiple owners, multiple tenants, and um, also multiple contractors, and then how do I go ahead and um, record that all? And keep in mind that, I mean, I've worked with clients over the years that have used some really very expensive property management software, and they don't use half of it. You know, they, they probably don't use 20% of it. And so if I can get them set up, in QBO Advance, and it can do everything that they need it to do. They're they're saving a lot of money. And as Linda was talking before, you know, things like that do make us look like rock stars because we're getting it all in one place, and um, and we're sa saving them money. Next slide, please. So, <laughs> as as Linda said, she got to. Um, she won rock, rock, paper, scissors on there, but and you'll see we all love custom fields. And as Dan said, and as Linda said, having 48 fields and the fact that we can create drop-down lists and it's not just the field is not just attached to a sales transaction because that's what we have in Essentials and Plus is it's either sales transactions or three custom fields for a purchase order. So now we can also attach them to customer records and vendor records, and then we can easily go ahead and get reports. So, I mean, to me, this is one of the best, best features of QBO Advance. I mean, there's a lot of other good ones, like Linda was saying about the uh, user permissions, which are getting better and better. As Dan said, um, you know, next week, well, who knows how many will have and what will happen when we open up QBO Advance. But so the ones that we have here are ones that um, there's a, a report that is called like a rent roll report. And so 
things that you need that need to show up on that report are things like the move-in date, what the monthly rent is, what the security deposit is. And that's the other thing is that you can help them figure out what should the security deposit be. So it may be a security deposit plus the last month's rent that we would still consider um, a security deposit because a lot of tenants end up leaving and they don't pay the last month's rent. And then you're taking that out of the security deposit. What, what happens if you also have to do work on, on, the, on the property? So you need that. So we can help keep track of that. Um, and the fact that we can put in the format of what has to go in these fields is really helpful. So obviously the move-in date is a date field, um, and then the monthly rent and the security deposit are, are using a number format. So they can be brought in, into reports, so both list and detail reports, so we can get like a rent history detail, which is really a customer balance detail report, but we rename it and we, and we save it that. You could also create custom fields for like um, maintenance contract dates. You could um, track for when do you need to request an insurance renewal because you require your tenants to have rent insurance on there. Uh, with vendors, it could be workers' comp certificate expiration dates on there. And if you're dealing, I mean, property management, you could be dealing with a lot of properties. You may have a sales office that is going out and they have, you have sales reps. And then with that, I would definitely do it as a drop-down list so that it's entered consistently. And then we can just uh, continue adding to the drop-down list. So I think, you know, I mean, again, custom fields is, um, is really important. And I think it's one of the best features of QBO Advanced. Next slide, please. Another feature that I like um, is the fact that we have unlimited class and location tracking. So again, in QBO Plus, we have a comb combined limit of 40 classes and locations, and in QBO AV or advanced, it's unlimited. Now, and then we can run reports on it, right? So one of the questions I get is, well, do we set up, what do we set up as customers and what do we set up as classes? Are we gonna use that or locations? Because it kind of depends on how you're doing the accounting. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But the quick answer is you really are going to use both. So the reason for using classes is reporting. Typically, if you, you know, you've got an apartment building that you're managing or multiple apartment buildings that you're managing, you're going to use a class for each building so you can easily, because at this point we can't collapse um, vertically <laughs> on our reports, right? So we would see all of the subclasses and the total. So we could use a class for the, uh, for the building itself. And then, then we can run reports or location again. Um, reports on the entire building. And then the reason we use customers is for actual tracking, right? Because I, I don't invoice a class, I invoice a tenant, um, whether I send them out or whether I'm sending them out or not on that. You know, I would like to um, encourage people to get um, permission to, you know, take money out of their bank account or charge their credit card and just do the automated sales receipt 
that would process the payment at, at the same time. And that's the thing, too, is as you get to know the business and um, what its needs are, you can develop processes that will work among multiple you know, property managers, in this case, what we're talking about are multiple real estate agencies or multiple developers. And then that makes it, you can just keep fine tuning it. Now, on the other hand, you have to be flexible and you still have to do your due diligence and do your needs assessment and, and your discovery phase because what works for one might not work for something else. I remember early on in my accounting practice, I had a woman and we weren't, it was like the clients would bring in their checkbooks, you know, this was a long, long time ago. And, and we would enter them into QuickBooks after the fact, or sometimes they would do QuickBooks and we would get it the accountant's copy. This was actually pre-QBO with whatever. And I had a woman who worked for me who was, um, wanted the processes to be exactly the same for everybody. And I'm like, well, that's not how it works. You know, as long as it's accounting correct, then what works for one might not work for somebody else. So you do develop processes, and they are pretty standardized, but you have to be go ahead and be flexible on that. Now, some people, when they do property management, because you're collecting rents that's not your money, and you're paying out um, that money to contractors and, and then to the owners, and then you're taking your fee out of that, they actually set everything up on the balance sheet. I mean, the only thing really that goes on the P&L is their property management fee and then their whatever other expenses that they may have. So you may, like in the, in the legal field, end up setting up multiple liability accounts and um, multiple bank accounts. So the other thing, um, which isn't on here, is that when you you know, you have some of these big property managers as your clients and you're helping them set up, they may manage um, more than, you know, 125 properties and they may go over the 250 uh, accounts on their chart of accounts if they had remained in QBO Plus. Uh, next slide, please. Yep. So, again, we're, we're going to go ahead and um, set up. So, let me just back up to that, what I just said about if I'm putting everything on the balance sheet, then I'm going to be using location tracking, right? Because locations you can, um, it affects the source account as well as the target accounts, which would be all be balance sheet accounts. So you set up the building as a class or location and you invoice the customer. So you might put the address as the parent customer and the units as sub-customers with the tenant as part of the unit name. And if that tenant leaves, once they're all paid up and everything is taken care of, you um, make them inactive and you set up that like unit one or unit two again and say right now it's vacant. And that will help us with vacancy reports, um, which is also really Im important on there. Um, next slide, please. And then the other, another thing that I really like about QBO Advance is the um, smart reporting by Fathom. So there's a lot of KPIs in there that are really important for owners to know about. So I can run reports on each of the properties that I am managing, and I can also add my own KPIs. So yes, I'm going to create reports in QBO, 
also. But I want to take it that next step further, being that advisor and being um, just trying to value add to those clients to say, let's go ahead and take these KPIs and pick the ones that are um, relevant to real estate. And you can also add some. So I don't really see it here because this was just kind of a sample a screenshot that I got, but you can add non-financial KPIs. And so things like the occupancy rate, which is what I was just talking about why we say unit two vacant so that we can get that information and we can put that in and have a really good report that, um, that we can give our owners. And you might also want to show things like rental income versus maintenance expenses. Um, that might be important to them. And part of it, again, is are you putting your, the rental income and the maintenance expenses and other expenses related to that rental property on the balance sheet, or are you putting it on the P&L? So that's going to make a difference of what you can easily show and what you may have to put in as your, um, as your own KPI. Wow. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and I was muted. So, MB, that Boom. was great. Dan, you want to go ahead and launch yes, this poll? Launch the next poll. Do you have uh, clients that are on uh, QBO Advanced? And, um, and one thing, one thing that I picked up, you know, one thing I picked up about what, what you had said and, and something that Linda had mentioned is that, you know, when you get into an industry, you're going to also see there are sub niches in those in that in that industry as well so you could get really granular like i'm only going to do uh hoas for example you know and that's that's something that we didn't even mention here you know of that how that could be you're right uh, utilized <laughs> and right you know and then uh, then i think you put that facebook group together and you find other people that are in other real estate niches so that we can, you know, you can work together and, and refer back and forth and network back and forth. There is a CPA in California who specializes not just in nonprofit organizations, but nonprofit religious organizations. If you're not a religious organization, they won't take you. I mean, they really have a very specialized niche there. But yeah, and somebody had asked about HOAs and, and how to use it for them. And I, I put a couple of little suggestions out there um, on setting up recurring sales receipts or an invoice for the recurring dues that they have and setting up each lot or property as a customer. MB, do you got anything you'd want to add um, specific for an HOA? Homeowners Association? No, the, um, I mean, there's, Fairly, I, I agree with you that you'd want to go ahead and set up the automatic sales receipt to, for the membership billing on that. And then the HOA itself has to track of what they do for a unit versus what they do for common grounds area. Um, okay, well, that's good. Thanks, yeah. MB. <laughs> we, All right, we, so sh sharing the results, 66% um, do not have any any clients on QBO Advance? So uh, interesting uh, takeaway uh, here. And Dan, I just wanted to mention, I did copy and paste into the Q&A as well as the chat, the link to the practice company, the test drive company for QuickBooks Online Advanced. So you can get in there and play around with it prior to having clients on it to help you feel more confident 
um, in implementing it at stuff. But let's give Megan a chance now as, as yeah. we get to <laughs> nonprofits. Well, That's our for last. <laughs> well, it's awesome because I can, if you want to move on to the next slide, Dan, it's kind of cool to be last because nonprofits can implement all of the things that we've heard everyone else say um, virtually. And I don't know if there's any nonprofit attorneys specifically that aren't trying to turn a profit, but virtually every other kind of business probably is represented within nonprofits. Some things that make us different are that even the very smallest nonprofit is a corporation in the eyes of the IRS. And so we are under a whole bunch of gap that the typical small business doesn't have to mess with. Um, it's a, we keep our books on the accrual basis. It's a, myth, it's a myth that the majority of our income is contributed. A lot of nonprofits have earned revenue. Um, a lot of nonprofits run e-commerce or they might do construction or they might have rental property or like any of the other things that you might be interested in, in as a niche. If they're just not complicated enough for you, you could focus on that in the nonprofit sector because the other, the thing that really sets us apart is in addition to all of that other stuff, we also have to deal with and track and manage restricted contributions because donors can give us money and then put, you know, put handcuffs on it and tell us how we have to spend it. And sometimes they can restrict it to a specific purpose. Other times they restrict it over a specific time frame. So it adds a really intriguing layer of complexity to the work that we do. And we are, you know, just like MB was saying, she's using customer projects, we're using classes, we're using locations, we're using all of that within the nonprofit sector as well in order to capture all of the information that we have to be able to report. And the other thing that really makes us different is that we are, you know, we're not run by a guy. We don't belong to anyone. We are managed officially by our board of directors. And so, you know, I hear a lot of my colleagues complaining that their business owners really don't ever look at their P&L or don't really look at their balance sheet. They don't care about their financials. And oh my goodness, are nonprofits ever looking at all of that stuff, right? We are presenting them to our boards sometimes as often as monthly. So the same kind of hard close that my colleagues are doing on businesses at the end of the year before taxes are done we're often doing on a monthly or, you know, a monthly basis so that the balance sheet is a hundred percent correct at that point. Now the next one. So this is, this alone honestly would make QBO advanced um, a thing I would recommend to nonprofits because it is a standard. We are making a budget and we are comparing our P&L to the budget on a regular basis and most of us, if you've ever done a budget, you're probably creating that in Excel and you're filling it all out and you're coming up with the plan. And it used to be once we had that in Excel, in all of the other versions of QBO, we then have to go in and manually enter that stuff. 
So with QBO Advanced, there's a sample CSV that basically looks like the template you would probably create in Excel anyway. You fill it in and you upload it and there it is. So that's huge. Um, it does not at this point allow us to create a budget by location, which folks that are familiar with me, I'm using to track without and with donor restriction. It does not allow us to import a budget by class, which most nonprofits are using to track their different functions of program, admin, and fundraising. It does not allow us to upload a budget by customer or project, which we might be using to track restricted grants, but it does at least allow us to upload our total annual budget or a budget by month, which is probably the thing we're looking at most anyway. And so it's a fabulous feature. I'm super excited. Keep hitting the feedback button so that we can ask for more options because there truly are live humans at Intuit who monitor that feedback. And we do get to see the impact of that over time and getting the features that we want. But that's a fantastic thing that we only have in QBO Advanced. And like everybody else, one of the things that first came to mind for me was custom fields, right? Um, and I need to follow my colleagues more closely because I got lots of ideas today when Linda and MB were talking. I have not been particularly creative in the use of custom fields, but the one that I have created in all of my data files and has been a game changer for me Folks that are using QBO realize that we can create multiple receivable accounts, but we can only actually use one of them. And nonprofits have a lot of different flavors of receivables. And we were used to breaking those out and being able to track them separately. You know, back in the desktop, we could have accounts receivable and contracts receivable and grants receivable and pledges receivable. And income would flow in and out of those different accounts. So when people first moved to QBO, what I saw them do was keep all of those accounts and do just crazy journal entry gymnastics, trying to keep them balanced and accurate. And it was just an insane and useless, you know, use of time. So one of my favorite uses for custom fields is to make one called receivable type and just determine the flavors of your organization, right? Everybody's going to have accounts. Most people may have contracts. You'll probably have grants. Um, the people I took a screenshot from have both time and purpose restricted pledges. And what this allows us to do with the drop-down list Right? We, can, we can do custom fields in QBO Plus, which is the other one that has budgets, um, but you have to manually type it in there every time, which means if you, you know, type pledges and don't put a space, it treats it as something completely different than if the space is there, and it makes a mess of things. With the drop-down list, we can determine what the options are, and then we can use that custom field to filter our detail and our um, summary reports, right? So I can look at an open invoice report and I can filter it just for grants. And I can filter it um, just for grants 
on a restricted location and really get granular, have the detail of that information for my auditor, for my board, and still be able to have, to use the features that QBO has, we can have some of that automation. So that was incredibly important to us and has been just a game changer. Other May things, yeah, yes ma'am. No, Megan, I was just going to say that is some great stuff that you're sharing, and I absolutely love it. Can you stay over a couple of extra minutes? I don't know if you have a hard stop or not. Can you stay with us for a minute or two? For sure. Okay, okay. So to all of our attendees, um, if you can stay over for a few extra minutes, we have a very important conversation that I think we all want to weigh in on, um, and that's, you know, saving time and money and the whole aspect of, pricing and the cost and talking to your client about that. So Dan, if you want to go ahead and go to the next slide and somebody had asked a question um, in the Q&A about, you know, do you think QBO Advanced is worth the cost? My answer is absolutely. And the thing that I always pose to us as accounting professionals, because a lot of times we have more of a hang up over the cost than our clients do. Our clients tend to get it. You know, we had a situation where the client was looking at inventory apps and the inventory app was going to be $300 a month and the accounting professionals like, oh no, my client's not going to want to do that. But when we talk to the client, the client says, oh my God, that's great. That saves me two people that I can move from the warehouse into working on sales. It's, it's definitely worthwhile. And if you ask any tax professional, how do they do their tax returns? they invest money in tax prep software because it allows them to do more returns more efficiently, more accurately, and ultimately be more profitable. And that's the way it is when you invest in software and technology. It makes these businesses ultimately more profitable. So the return on that investment is well worth it. So, you know, Megan, what are your thoughts on, especially dealing with nonprofits who are very cost sensitive, as you've already mentioned, you know, what is the response in discussing with them and what are your thoughts on, on the, the pricing and cost issue and, and saving that time and money? You know, we hear the same thing that everyone else hears because for some reason people don't take into account their, the time of their people. Right? Nonprofits are notorious for ignoring the, the cost that is their people and their people's wasted time. But we're also a little spoiled when it comes to Q QuickBooks Online Advanced because Intuit very generously donates licenses to an organization called TechSoup and 501c3 nonprofits, churches, and libraries can get QuickBooks Online for just an admin fee each year. So QuickBooks Online Plus is 75 bucks a year, I think, and QuickBooks Online Advanced is 175. And it was interesting, because I'm sometimes balked about talking to my clients about that extra 100 bucks. And then you go, you know what? There are so many additional benefits. Like, I'll just roll that into my fee and refund it to you, you know, go and spend the extra money to QuickBook, get QuickBooks Online advanced so that we can take advantage of those features. That's great comments, Megan. Linda, what about from lawyers? Do you get pushback or what are the, what's the feeling in that industry? You know, I start with QuickBooks Online Advanced and it, because law firms are using products that cost like $15,000 a year, QuickBooks Online in advance is a bargain exactly. and they don't have to pay for the server. So yeah, it's a, I don't, they never balk at the price. It's a different industry obviously than Megan's, but no one ever have really a conversation about it at all. Wonderful. Wonderful. MB, what are your thoughts? 
Um, I think, I mean, it's just the cost of doing business. And one of the things I like working for the more, you know, mid-sized businesses is they see that value a lot and they, and they don't balk at it. So it's how we present it, right? This is just a cost of doing business and it's going to get you what you want, need to do. Yep. Dan, comments? Yeah, I mean, when you guys were talking about the, you know, the, the custom fields, I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, you have two major advantages with the, with the custom fields. One, it's, it, it avoids error. And, and that's something that you can talk to them. You know, when you have a drop down, you know, how much, how much time is this going to cause you not to have to deal with fixing this sort of thing when you don't have an error? And then one of the things that uh, I'm not sure if we, we touched on a little bit, but when you have those different custom fields being able to be selected as a date field or a, or a number, it, it adds to the dynamic reporting. So now you can actually use those as ranges in addition to just being able to filter for them uh, or sort by them on, on reports. So you, you have that other dynamic option as well. So being able to, to, to present that to, to people of being, you know, doing more with, with what you have and, and you're going to be able to save, save time, which is, which is money when it comes to the bottom line. Yes, very good. All right, well, I know we went over, but it was very, very valuable information. I would like to remind people of some of the resources that we have. Dan and I, this is our third webinar that we've done on QBO Advanced, so go check out those. Um, there again is the link for the test drive company that we have. You've got an overview video there, detailed information, and again, join us uh, the next time as well as we talk about legal more with Linda. And, and Linda, MB, Megan, all three of you, and our Intuit people, Mindy, Shanna, Shauna, and um, uh, Brandy answering questions in the background, helping organize and coordinate and getting us all together. We appreciate that as well as all of you joining us. Join, continue the conversation in the QB Power Hour Facebook group. We'd love to have you join us out there. All right. Uh, you want to you launch the last poll? or? Yep, let's do <laughs> it. Final poll question right. before you all, all right. jump off for the day. All right. Because it's actually been two years now for, for QuickBooks Online Advanced. Um, you know, has your opinion of QuickBooks Online Advanced Im improved since it first launched two years ago? Um, I know in, in a couple of the other webinars that we've had about QBO Advanced, it, it's improved just in the webinar. <laughs> Not well, just I, in that. <laughs> I just keep learning more and more new things, and it just they keep adding to the features. Like somebody mentioned, you know, we now have 48 custom fields. We now import those budgets and things. I mean, it just keeps getting better and better. And man, I just think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely growing. You know, I mean, just the. At, you know they've laid a good foundation of of the features and and options and it's uh, you know just making making improvements and you know like Megan was saying there are live human beings that actually do read the feedback <laughs> um, it's just not as easy as implementing you know and that's uh, you know we take the custom fields as an example you know one to lay the foundation of what you can do with the custom fields and then you can just expand on it you know, as you, as you have a good stable uh, feature set, then you can add more things to it. 
So uh, let me go ahead and end the poll and share the results. Yes, 87% uh, saying yes. Uh, we've improved our opinion since uh, since 2018. Fabulous. Uh, so of course, so of course we have some uh, upcoming webinars. We talked about those, and and uh, really our, to our panel. I mean, I am humbled uh, to be in your presence here today. Um, definitely outnumbered, but. <laughs> <laughs> But we do appreciate, I mean, there's such great information, wealth of knowledge that you have. And uh, yeah, we'd love to continue the, the niche conversation, you know, on our Facebook group. And, and uh, you'll be able to, for our audience, we can, you can connect with them and, and reach out and, and join their Facebook groups as well uh, to, to continue the conversation. So we really appreciate you all being here today. Uh, Michelle, any clothing, clo clothing, closing thoughts? <laughs> Just, just thank you again to everyone for joining us. I hope everybody stays safe and uh, healthy and, you know, keep helping those clients because they need us now more than ever. So thank you all. Absolutely. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.